0: Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs turned it up on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers earlier this week. Tom Brady and his wife might be set for divorce. According to reports, Uh, Josh Allen and the Bills took care of Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Uh, But first, let's start off with Tyler getting home finally from uh, his trip to San Francisco for Monday Night Football where he saw the 49ers take care of the Rams. Uh, Tyler, nice to see you back at home. Uh, What what happened with your travel plans getting back from San Fran, man?
1: In the Bay's better than L.A. See, everybody knows about, you know, the perks of the job, traveling and going to games. But, you know, the things that aren't as sexy are, you know, the traveling back and leaving games at like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. East Coast time. This time just so happened my flight was at 7.15 a.m. I was flying out of San Jose. Okay, And I missed my alarm. I overslept. And I woke up at 6.30. Stop it. My flight was at 7.15. But miraculously, the grace of God, (laughs) I made my 7.15 flight. Bruh,
0: what? (laughs) I woke
1: up 45 minutes before takeoff and still made the flight. And I, I brushed my teeth. I packed. I was washed my face. I was clean. So it wasn't like I was good like a zombie <laughs> going walking into the airport
0: and still made
1: it. It was from the grace of God.
0: <laughs> so you left you, you left your hotel when the when the plane started boarding.
1: <laughs> but pretty much, yes. And I still made the flight. I have no idea how let's go.
0: Let's go. <laughs> Listen even we, we gotta celebrate these small wins whenever we get them. At least you didn't spend your whole day in San Francisco, which wouldn't have been a bad thing, honestly. But it, it wouldn't have been bad. <laughs> Let's get into some football talk, Tyler. Obviously, the biggest story in the NFL in the last week and since the last time we spoke has been Miami Dolphins quarterback Tua Tagovailoa and his concussion that he suffered against the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday Night Football. That was a really, really ugly scene. Um, and the second time Tua Tagovailoa had uh, incurred a, a hit to the head. Um, you know, in four days before the Thursday night game against the Buffalo Bills on Sunday afternoon. He also uh, was evaluated for a head injury and a concussion. Um, This has started uh, a tremendous debate um, from all levels, whether Tua should continue playing and retire, uh, criticism fair or unfair to uh, the Dolphins' uh, doctors, team doctors, and Independent neurologists who were cleared to come back in the Bills game originally. Um, a list of things here, an investigation going underway with the NFL and the NFL Players Association into the matter, into how the Dolphins handled to coming back and playing the second half and leading the Dolphins to a win over the Bills. Uh, Tyler, just, uh, you know, what are your thoughts on, on this situation? And, and do you think uh, this is something that could have been preventable?
1: 100% it could have been uh, preventable. And, you know, first of all, our entire NFL team has been covering this story. You wrote an excellent uh, column, multiple stories on a. Mike uh, Freeman has uh, written some excellent columns on this very subject. And, you know, we have all said um, in some form or fashion that the Miami Dolphins failed to it, And that's starting from that week three game uh, against the Bills. Um, I'm not a doctor. I don't play one. But when Tua got up and looked all discombobulated, wobbly, and woozy, and then stumbled over again, I mean, that that was signs that he had a concussion or some sort of head trauma. He should not have been allowed to play in that game. And then four days later, playing against uh, the Cincinnati Bengals on Thursday night football, that was another game. He shouldn't have been allowed to play, and especially while the NFL and NFLPA were you know, investigating um, the concussion evaluation. While the situation is under investigation, he shouldn't be allowed to play because we don't know if he had a, con- has a concussion or not at the time being. So, you know, that was uh, my thought initially. Um, and sometimes you have to protect the player from themselves. Obviously, Tua wants to be out there. He gets a lot of criticism from, you know, his being injury prone to him being uh, not a starting quarterback caliber, him being uh, mediocre from me, myself. Uh, But, you know, at the end of the day, his life and well-being, his health is way, way bigger than football. And obviously, that was just a scary scene. Uh, on the field I'm very glad he's not playing in week five Um in my opinion he shouldn't play for the next few weeks I know the Dolphins have you know the Jets I think Teddy Bridgewater is a more than capable quarterback to the New York Jets and they got the Minnesota Vikings Steelers and then Lions maybe that Lions game uh, you know that that will be you know a few weeks uh, that he missed but I did find it really interesting Sof, and I want to get your take on this as Dr. Amalu, the uh doctor who discovered CTE, he's been very public in saying since the injury that Tua should just retire. He I mean, this is the doctor who discovered CTE. He has in depth knowledge of the condition, what it does to you, and he flat out said that he thinks Tua should retire.
0: Yeah, it's kind of hard to argue with somebody who uh you know is in this expertise of a field, right? Um, obviously, a lot of us on social media, a lot of us reporters, people who are working on this, to a certain by Low story, are kind of being experts on the fly as much as we can be, compared to somebody who spent years and years and years of schooling and traditional, you know, evaluations and looking at brain and brain trauma and uh, things like CTE and and uh, you know MRI scans, CAT scans, all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's hard to argue what Tua should do or shouldn't do. Um, I can tell you now, Tua Tonavelo has not pondered retirement. Um, he has even in fact worried about how many games he's gonna miss because he wants to play. Um, which is something that, you know, I guess just speaks to football culture and wanting to be a football player and this is your profession, this is your life, this is what you've dreamed of doing your whole life. Um, but you don't dream to take the head the, the hits to the head like Tua has the last two games that we've seen him on the field here. Um, Look, I think this is, uh, I I wrote this. I don't think Tua should have been playing. I think there should be a rule that the NFLPA makes where any player who sustains a head injury or is evaluated for concussion, even if they clear it, even if they clear it, if anybody is, is, is evaluated for a head or concussion injury on a Sunday night game or a Sunday game, should not be playing the following Thursday. Um, that should be a bare minimum rule that happens. We've seen um, Shaq Leonard, the uh, linebacker from the uh, Colts, who suffered a concussion last week. He's not playing in the Thursday night game. Good on the Colts for getting ahead of that there. Um, I do want to speak a little bit to what the Dolphins have kind of done and, and maintained here. Um, and we know that the, the UNC, the unaffiliated neurological consultant who is um, in charge with being the independent person here and clearing a player when he do, they do have a concussion. That person in Miami was fired by the NFLPA in the last week. Um, I'm not sure if that's an end-all, be-all, um, you know, conclusion here. If that person made mistakes, that should have not have been uh, adhered to. But um, the Dolphins maintained Tuatunga to Bailoa, cleared a concussion, was able to come back in the game, beat the Bills, through a touchdown pass in the second half, uh, fourth quarter, excuse me. Uh, he did media after the game. um he was evaluated for a concussion three more times in the last in the days leading up to the Bengals game. Cleared those concussion calls. Um, also met with media again during the week. Had plenty of meetings, offensive meetings where he had to recite words, uh, play calls that are like you know ten, fifteen words. Said them, you know, repeated them with with ease. Um, showed no signs of a concussion outside of that on the field. Uh, You know, had a production meeting with Amazon before the game, did an interview with Ryan Fitzpatrick, where Ryan Fitzpatrick is singing while they're playing ukulele together. Showed no signs of any head trauma going on. Um, And so, you know, I don't know if the thought of maybe Tuoka hit his head again occurred to the Dolphins. I don't know if that really was given enough um, consideration that could, could happen again. If it didn't happen, we'd probably be talking about something else here in this podcast, right? But it did happen. Um, and so I'm not sure of the discretion here or if these protocols allow for any gray area or any discretion or, or kind of, hey, let's sit you out this Thursday so we have you for the rest of the season. Instead of we lose the game Thursday, we lose the game or we, we lose you for another game next week and we don't know when you can come back. These are all things that the Dolphins are dealing with now. You can't really predict in the future here, but the Dolphins maintain to a show no signs of concussion before the Thursday night game. And He did suffer concussion, his MRI, and everything from neck injuries, head injuries. Came back clean. He wore a neck brace on the flight home. When he was flying home with the team, he was normal Tua, smiling, talking to guys on the plane. Um, He's been in good spirits from everything I've heard from the Dolphins in this past week too. So uh, Tua needs to be off the field for a little bit for his own good. I I would say everybody optically, it's not a good look if Tua plays uh, anytime soon. We'll (laughs) see if 10 to 14 days does him good if he comes back in week six. Even at that point, people are going to be a little antsy about him coming back. But uh, this is something that Tua and the Dolphins are going to have to handle and the NFL and the NFLPA as well.
1: Yeah, from the optics, even if Tua was showing no signs of a concussion, there's no chance he was playing this week. I'm glad, bare minimum, the Dolphins flat out early in the week said Tua's out uh, week five. But it is apparent that we, as you know, football journalist or I mean even doctors you can say, we don't have a, a 100% clear understanding about concussions. There's still some gray area and not all concussions are the same. The side effects are different for different people. And you know this is evident because we can't even, you know diagnose CTE until a player or somebody is deceased. So we don't have um, enough research to make those determinations where a player can flat out play after four days where they're showing concussion symptoms. So it's best to err on the side of caution and be proactive when a player exhibits those types of signs. And I think that is what we all want. And I encourage everyone who has not seen the film concussion to watch it because yes, it's Hollywood and not everything is factual, but for the most part, that movie had, you know, information that is true and players, ex-players have literally died from CTE and experiencing multiple concussions. And I know former players who have suffered tremendous side effects from multiple concussions and believe that they have CTE, but doctors can't diagnose it until, unfortunately, they have deceased. So, you know, this is a very situation, it is a lot bigger than football, and it's a problem that's not going away anytime soon, because we've said it multiple times before, I've said it a lot. It's almost impossible to take the head out of football. Almost every play, your head is almost getting hit, especially if you're an offense alignment or defense alignment. And then it's just a fact. And so, you know, head trauma, unfortunately, is a part of tackle football. And we as, you know, NFL journalists and the NFL, NFL PA and even NFL doctors, we need to get a better hold and understanding of concussions. And their side effects, because this is going to affect players not only now, but five years down the road, ten years down the road, twenty years down the road. This is a problem that the NFL needs to, you know, really get a handle on.
0: Um, I was asked this during a uh, episode of Sports Seriously, our USA Today Sports Show, um, with host Mackenzie Salman and co host Andy Nesbitt. Um, during our NFL Upvote uh, segment here, but I was asked, you know, is it a good thing that the do, do you do I think the NFL is proactive, or is it a reactive league? And I want to just repeat what I said there. Um, I think the NFL has done what it can to be proactive in, in pro- concussions to to an extent, um, and I think being reactive in the sense that whatever they find and whatever changes that they plan to make to the concussion protocol, they're going to be implemented as soon as the next week of, of football, right? Um, I think it's a good thing to be reactive in this situation. You don't want to downplay that or discourage that at all. Um, there's just a lot of areas. Like you said, Tyler, there's so many things you can count for and still until it happens, like how it happened with two on the field, you don't know about the areas where you're not accounting for. Right. Um, the protocol is is a list to the T, but maybe it's not all the way to the T. Maybe you need to cross it a little bit more. Right. Um, there's a lot of gray area. There's a lot of nuance. And then there's personal side effects too, where. You know, you have guys like, you know, Rex Ryan and John Harbaugh saying things, criticizing the situation and what they saw. And, um, you know, nobody really knows exactly what to do. We all feel like we know what we should do or should be done. Right. Um, so this is a situation that's going to unfold here for the next week or two um, with the NFL PA's investigation into the findings, when Tua Tungvalu will come back, Um, you know, when you have two head injuries in the span of a week, I don't know if that's something you should be. Itching to come back from anytime soon, no matter how you feel. Um, and that's something that the Dolphins are going to have to deal with for the rest of the season.
1: Yeah. Tua, uh, if, if I know uh, Tua is a fan, you're a fan of Tua. If Tua's listening to this podcast, I implore him to not play for the next few weeks, at, at least bare minimum. Bare minimum. Don't play the next few weeks.
0: And that's sad, too. When you look at the Dolphins, they're three and one. They got the number one seed in the playoffs after after the first month of the season. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are the only two receivers in the NFL top 10 in receiving on the same team. Um, You know, the Dolphins appear to be on the rise here. They got some big wins this year. And if Tua is going to have to set out a month or, you know, however long after that, um, be disappointing for the Dolphins. But they have to do with it because the health of their star quarterback is way more important than whatever magic they, they can do on the field this season. Um, and that might be a disappointing you know, point to swallow for Dolphins fans or anybody wanting to see how Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and how this team does this season, but might be something they're going to have to think about. Uh, the Dolphins have maintained Tua's timetable. It's still kind of unknown. They're taking it day by day. I would say indefinite is a good word to use there. Um, but, yeah, when Tua does come back, that's going to be another debate all in itself.
1: Well, you know, no offense, but I don't think the drop off between Tua and Teddy Bridgewater is that significant. So I'm going to just leave it at that. But I hope Tua really thinks about his health, not only in the short term, but in the long term. His health is way more important than football.
0: Tyler, let's kick it over to your coaching grades that you give us every week on usatoday.com. Uh, we're going to go over a couple games, a couple reasons why you gave these coaches uh, the grades that they received after their performance on Sunday. Uh, let's kick it off with the Dallas Cowboys, Tyler. Uh, you gave Mike McCarthy a A. You gave the Cowboys coach a A for all the magic Cooper Rush is handling there with the Cowboys team. They got a win over Washington last week. Why did you give Mike McCarthy an A, Tyler Dragon?
1: Well, I gave the entire Cowboys coaching staff an A, so I'm not going to just – it's not all exclusive to Mike McCarthy. But, oh, but he know.
0: gets the credit. He's the head coach. He gets all the credit. He, he,
1: he gets the lion's share of the credit, but the credit goes all around in my book. So everybody gets the A. And that is specifically because how they have let the offense stay the same with Cooper Rush at quarterback. We all know he's – 3-0 now this season as a starter. He's 4-0 in his career as a starter. He's the first quarterback in NFL history to not only win his first four starts, but have a 90-plus quarterback rating in those starts. So, Ooh. I mean, he's performed very well. There's not a huge drop-off between him and Dak Prescott. The way they're performing, Bruh, what? Right now, I think Dak Prescott is a better player. So let me get that clear. Let me be clear now. that. <laughs> <laughs> Dak Prescott is a better player, but... There hasn't been a huge drop off in the offensive uh, production, and I really like how he's has command of the offense. And the Cowboys, they're rallying around him. And not only that, why it's a you know a, a for the entire coaching staff. The defense has been exceptional. The Cowboys rank first in NFL in pressures and second in NFL in quarterback sacks. We all know what Micah Parsons can do, but they're playing excellent football all the way around.
0: And uh, shout-out to Jerry Jones, continuing to serve the pot with Dak Updates (laughs) here. Says Dak can't grip the ball, but they're holding out hope for him on Sunday. I think, look, this quarterback situation is kind of going to unfold on its own here. Um, Dak is going to get better. Teams are going to figure out Cooper Rush, and it'll just be a point where Dak has to come back at some point this season. But they're riding the hot hand, and I encourage them to keep doing that. And the schedule was kind of okay to start the season, but they got the Rams coming up. Um, they got another big game. A game coming up this week, uh, later on this month as well. They have
1: the Eagles the next game right after that.
0: There we go. See, Cowboys. We'll see if if Cooper Rush is going to continue (laughs) to keep the Cowboys in the playoff mix. Like we thought they'd be out after Dak Prescott got hurt week one. Uh, Tyler, let's go to another team that you gave a nice grade to, the Cincinnati Bengals coaching staff. Zach Taylor and his unit got a B from you after their win over the Dolphins last week. Cincinnati was 0 and 2 to start the season. Now they're 2 and 2. Got a game against the Ravens coming up on Sunday Night Football against Lamar Jackson. Uh, why did you give them a B after their game against the Dolphins?
1: So I gave them a B because one, they've protected Joe Burrow by their play calls. <laughs> Joe Burrow was only sacked one time last the Dolphins week. Dolphins
0: still have a pass rush. The Dolphins still mean, have. But, a
1: pass but rush. But you, you, you have to give credit where credit is due, though. Even though the Dolphins' pass rush isn't, you know, fierce by any means, the Bengals have done an excellent job of getting the ball out of Joe Burrow's hands. And the quarterback has been decisive with his read. So it's really an A from Zach Taylor, the Cincinnati Bengals uh, play caller. And then also Joe Burrow for understanding I need to get the ball out of my hands out faster. I can't keep on taking all these sacks. He was sacked. A record number last year. I mean, it started, it was starting to remind me, of uh, Derek, I mean, uh, David Carr, as much as he got sacked in the first few seasons <laughs> of his NFL career, it ended up ruining his career. Now, obviously, Joe Burrow is a better quarterback, a better player, but if he continues to get hit, he's not going to be in the NFL for, for long. And that'll be a shame because he's an excellent quarterback and he needs to be protected. The Bengals, obviously they shored up their offensive line. But some of the blame gets on him and the Bengals coaching staff for calling plays that take a long time to develop. And Joe Burrow waiting, waiting, waiting to deliver passes. But the last two weeks, they've done a much better job.
0: I agree. Get the ball to T. Higgins and Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd and see what happens. Uh, <laughs> right. Tyler, you gave, you gave the Atlanta Falcons coaching staff a C plus a C plus after after they got a win. Over the Cleveland Browns last week, Um, I like how the Falcons have been playing. They were on the road two weeks against the Rams, against uh, the Seahawks as well. We're knocking on the door to win, knocking on the door to win. Got a win in Seattle, uh, like I predicted on my USA Today picks. Um, And they beat the Browns last week at home. Why would you give them a C-plus after this game, Tyler?
1: So I was grading objectively and not from my heart. And I say that because
0: (laughs) the Falcons... I'm, man, that, that like,
1: that's a conversation for another day.
0: <laughs> you like, like Atlanta rappers. You like Atlanta rappers? Oh, yeah,
1: I do. I do. Ludacris is one of my favorite rappers of all time. <laughs> yes, yeah, so that 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 is true. But you know, the Falcons ran the football fourteen straight times starting in the third quarter. And <laughs> as a as a former you know running back, I, I, I love run oriented offenses, smash mouth football, and that's what the Falcons did. They had a touchdown in that drive where they ran it, uh, you know, 14 uh straight time. Well, it was a two-drive span. And then the next drive, they ran it some more and got a field goal. And it played a huge role in them winning that game. And it's all because of Mariota threw a pick on the previous drive. And then the coach was like, you know what? We're going to take the ball out of Marcus Mariota's hands. We're going to hand it off in the backfield. And it paid off. It paid off. So maybe the Falcons, they can start being a run-oriented offense. Now – the bad thing is uh, Patterson; he's Cordell out. Patterson is out. Yeah, right, Cordell yeah. Patterson; he's going to be out for the next uh, few weeks, probably with a knee injury. So, you know, they're going to have to rely on their backup running backs. But they've showed the capability of performing under pressure.
0: Tyler, you're like six four man. Who's playing you at running back, dude? You need to be out wide, dog. Nah, you need to be I out I wide. Didn't I, didn't any that that four, back speed. I didn't have that two, four two speed.
1: I didn't have that four speed. Hey, hey, hey. Derrick Henry's taller than me.
0: You can't rush the passer. You can't rush the passer at 6'4", man. I don't know. I think your coach needs to be evaluated, man. Hey, that was
1: a coach back in the day. I I can't play (laughs) football anymore. I was much more of a track athlete.
0: (laughs) Uh, Tyler, we got one more coaching grade uh, here. You gave the Baltimore Ravens, John Harbaugh, and his coaching staff a D. You gave them a D. Why? Because they did not score anything in the second half against the Bills last week. Uh, they had a 20-zip lead and lost 23-20. 23 unanswered points by Josh Allen and the Bills to steal that game in Baltimore. Why did John Harbaugh's coaching staff deserve a D for this one?
1: Well, I was on the cusp of giving them an F. But the Dolphins <laughs> deserve that for, both <laughs> for reasons that we've already discussed. But mm-hmm. John Harbaugh... You have the best kicker in football, a Hall of Fame kicker. You have an opportunity to go up three points and you elect to go for it on fourth down. And then disaster strikes. Lamar Jackson throws an interception. And then the Bills go all the way down the field, score a game-running field goal. Now, I get it. You want to play the analytics game. I don't like the analytics game at all. I'm not an analytic junkie like a whole lot of these people are. But when I look at the Ravens, you're... You're telling that defense you don't believe in them. You don't believe that they can stop Josh Allen and the Bills from scoring at least a field goal, and for good reason. The Ravens coming and that game, they probably had the worst ranked defense in the NFL. But you want to instill confidence in your team as a head coach. You want to say defense. You've, you've held Josh Allen pretty much contained the Bills for a lot, a large part of the game. In the first yeah. half, they look like world beaters. So make a stop. This is your chance to make a stop, and you got to play the Bengals the next week. It's not like the it's getting any easier. <laughs> so you want to instill confidence. So now you got mm-hmm. Marcus Peters raising hell on the sideline because he's mad, yeah. and now the defense is mad. You don't believe yeah. in them. You have already played your hand, and you know now that the team is at odds. So yeah. I gave them a D for. It's specifically, Harbaugh for not believing in his defense in that game, and it it cost him. It cost him.
0: Look, I think either way, John Harbaugh was worrying about how this was going to cost him. Right? Um, he's not the only coach. There's 31 other 31 other coaches in the league that um, actually all 31 other coaches in the league don't want to give Josh Allen the ball back. What time left in the fourth quarter? Right? John Harbaugh deserves no exception there. Or um, I think. Um, I don't think he doesn't have the confidence in his defense like you mentioned there. But the whole point of the fact that you're down in your red zone is third down. You could take points for three points and, uh, you know, kind of extend your lead a little bit. Or you um, allow the Bills to come back and score not a field goal uh, with Josh Allen leading that offense. OK, um, I think every other coach in the league probably would have made the same decision or at least kicked the field goal, maybe. But yeah, still, you're, gonna, you're still... Yeah, the kick of the field goal was the right decision in hindsight, right? But if you can get seven, go get seven. I appreciate John Harbaugh for wanting to go do that. That's up to the Ravens to execute the play if it's down. He showed confidence in his offense. That's what he did. He showed confidence in his offense, and they didn't get the ball done, and they didn't get the job done. But, look, I understand why John Harbaugh did it. You don't want to give Josh Allen the ball back. He still got the ball back, and they didn't even need a, a touchdown. They just needed a field goal. So um you could have made it harder if you kicked the field goal, Yeah. You could have made it even harder if you kicked the touchdown, yeah. Um I applaud Ja Harbaugh for going for the win here. Well, this is
1: where we disagree, stop it. And even if Josh Allen marches down the field and scores a touchdown after you kick the field goal, you probably have time left, maybe, to try to make a Hail Mary or go down the field and score a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So but but by that point, you gave the Bills all the advantage on on, on the field and in the clock. So once the Bills got in field goal range, they're like, okay, we're just going to waste time and kick the ball with three seconds left and have you lose your fifth straight home loss, which the, <laughs> the Ravens have done now. So now the defense is mad. We already saw Marcus Peters uh, raising hell on the sideline. <laughs> so it, it's just a bad situation. So maybe, you know, they can make amends uh, this Sunday night football against the Cincinnati Bengals and what will be a huge, Huge game battle for first place in AFC
0: North. Uh, Tyler, let's take it up to Pittsburgh, man, into the quarterback conversation I hate having. I hate having (laughs) it. I don't like talking about the Steelers quarterback situation. It does not excite me. And then I saw Kenny Pickett cooking a little bit, cooking a little bit against the New York Jets last week. Um, Poor guy threw an interception for his first career pass, came back, responded with two rushing touchdowns. But – when the game was on the line against the Jets, he threw an interception that turned the tide for the Steelers last week against the Jets. Um, and his last interception, three total in this first career game, uh, you know, ended in in a loss for the Steelers. But Mike Tomlin has finally pulled the plug on Mitch Trubisky. Kenny Pickett is going to get his first career start this Sunday, Tyler. And it's a doozy. It's a doozy. Poor Kenny Pickett, rookie out of Pittsburgh, from start at the University of Pittsburgh, balled out in Heinz Field his whole career. He's got to go up to Buffalo and face Josh Allen and the Bills uh, this week. Or wait, is that a home game for the Steelers or an away game? Uh, no, no, it's a away game. Okay, so you got go to the start of your season. You got Von Miller on the other side, ready to hunt you down, and then you got Josh Allen on the other side, ready to score as many points as possible. Um, my advice to Kenny Pickett is: Listen, don't worry about what Josh Allen is doing over there. Okay, he's great. He took a lot of hard work to get to that point. You might be great too. Uh, but, uh, you know, don't, don't take too much stock on what Josh Allen does on the other side of the field.
1: Uh, my advice for Kenny Pickett is uh, hand the ball off to Najee Harris and play keep away. Don't hike the ball until there's one or two seconds on the play clock.
0: Ooh, good game. Give him yeah, as much
1: time as possible and keep Josh Allen and Diggs off the field because I mean, it's going to be a raucous environment in Buffalo. You know, those fans are going to be loud, especially with the rookie quarterback. Um, I do like the decision Mike Tomlin made, though. I, I think it's about time. Mr. Trubisky was going nowhere fast. I mean, the Pittsburgh offense, they were oh. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> within so that quarterback. It was so bad. Oh, my goodness. Now, and then the sad thing is I kind of like some of the, you know, Pittsburgh's playmakers. Their offensive line is suspect. But you got, you know, Deontay Johnson. You got Chase Claypool. We already mentioned Najee Harris. They got some, you know, some players in there. George Pickens is a nice rookie wide receiver, but who's delivering them the football now? I don't think Kenny Pickett is ready, primarily to start in this league. I think you know he might be a little bit in over his head, but you know, trial by error, and I think he'll learn as you go, and repetition will be good for him. Um, this weekend's gonna be ugly, though. I think. We just gonna
0: be up, <laughs> uh, Tyler. Let's round about uh, and go back to uh, your weekend or your couple days in San Francisco here, where the Los Angeles Rams took a loss to the 49ers, and the
1: base better than L.A.
0: Um, watching that game, man, it was just like, wow, what look at the, what the 49ers did keeping Jimmy Garoppolo, right? Like, not only does your defense go ahead and take care of business, you get a pick six at the end of, in the fourth quarter in that game. Um, after you missed the field goal, you could have extended an eight-point lead. But um, the 49ers have always had the Rams number outside of the NSV title game last year. They've now won seven straight over them, or is it eight? Seven or eight? Seven. Seven. Seven, regular seven season, during, yeah. during the regular season. That defense always gives the Rams trouble. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo does enough on offense. There were some plays that he made that were really good. There were some plays that he made uh, to his playmakers that were really good as well, Debo Samuel. And Brandon, Ayuk had good games there. Jeff Wilson had a nice touchdown run, too. Uh, the play of the game, though, Tyler, the play of the game was Bobby Wagner taking out that fan, though. <laughs> How was that? How was that looking in the press box and looking down in the field and seeing the fan with the uh, the, perp, the pink, the pink, uh, I don't know what you call that flare, pink yeah. flare running all over the field and seeing Bobby Wagner step up and lay the wood.
1: So what a lot of people don't know, and you would only know if you were there, there was actually two fans that ran out on the field. One was early in the first quarter, but they didn't go. They didn't make it far. I I think they barely crossed like the end zone and then they were immediately caught by security and handcuffed out of the state. The other fan, he had his time in the shine. I mean, he ran maybe about (laughs) 30, 40 yards before he was <laughs> drilled by Bobby Wagner. And kudos to Bobby <laughs> Wagner for getting the pass. And then it left a, a dents on the a field. Yeah, like there were, yeah, burn there were huge burn marks on the field. Like I couldn't see what it, it actually looked like. But you can see it from the press box. And the 49ers uh, press box at Levi Stadium is high up. And you can yeah. see it all the way down there. So it was pretty big. But, I mean, that was probably the, the best play the Rams made all night.
0: <laughs> um, oh,
1: it was just
0: oh, the, Tyler.
1: The Rams, man. They, they. I have no idea why. Like, no, no. Actually, the
0: I'll how give you all the guys away. Like. Uh, all the
1: all their how they're playing right now is how they played in the Super Bowl. And I say they won the Super Bowl, but they started showing signs of concern in the Super Bowl being overly reliant on Cooper Cup, Mm -hmm. uh, Jalen Ramsey giving up, you know, big plays or the Rams giving up big plays as a defense. And if Aaron Donald doesn't make a play in the defensive line, nobody makes a play. (laughs) So, I mean, and Aaron Donald was off the field in some of those big plays the 49ers made. So, you know, when I'm looking at this Rams team, they're in trouble because it's Cooper Cup bust on offense. And on defense, is Aaron Donald a bust? If Aaron Donald wasn't on the field and, and that Super Bowl uh, last play from the Bengals, the Bengals are <laughs> wearing out Super Bowl champions and have rings on. So, I mean, yes, they paid all that money to Cooper Cup and Aaron Donald to make these game-changing, game-winning plays. But you you got to have more players stepping up and more playmakers making big plays on your team. Because if you're just relying... On two players on offense and defense, that's a recipe for disaster. And I don't care how good Aaron Donald is, and I don't care how good Cooper Cup is. Cooper Cup was targeted 19 times.
0: Got a career high. (laughs)
1: Yeah, 19 times had 14 catches. No Uh other receiver had more than two for the Rams.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Like what? This is this is the Rams' problem here, right? Like, look, you uh, 10 and 99 are doing their jobs. Um, nine Matt Stafford needs to do a better job um, you know what is coming of that run game it seems non-existent with Daryl Henderson and Cam Akers right um, you know against the Ram uh, 49ers specifically everything was kind of just in front of them you know just take 10 yards five yards you know and Allen Robinson is a get the down get down the field kind of jump ball guy but he's not catching jump balls from um, from Matt Stafford Uh, Odell Beckham brought a a dynamic um, presence to that offense, uh, one that Robert Woods gave them before that, right? Robert Woods knew this offense in and out. He was willing to make catches, and he was willing to do all the dirty work and make blocks and stuff like that. He's gone as well. Van Jefferson is not playing. He's injured. And on defense, I mean, Bobby Wagner is a great plus. Um, It's not Von Miller. Um, they played two different spots. Von Miller's an edge rusher. Bobby McIner's in the, in the middle as a linebacker, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, they got a rookie corner playing alongside Jalen Ramsey, who was you know kind of flat-footed when Debo Samuel was coming with a head of steam in the middle of the field there. But um, this is what I told you about with the Rams. That that was my concern, Tyler. It's, it's different when you climb in that mountain, and it's different when you've been to that mountain before. It's hard to climb back up again. Um, and uh, the, the Rams are just – this is a different stage here. They have a different team. Than their title team. And uh, we're expecting them to do great things and, and do Super Bowl things and not lose games during the regular season. But they've lost to the Bills. They lost to the 49ers. <laughs> they got a tough slate coming up here as well. And who knows? Could Cooper Rush get the best of them next week? That's a story that I'm looking to see too. Oh, my. Well, I, I hope you picked the Cowboys
1: in your pick. <laughs> I, I, I will say for the Rams, you know their offensive line is banged up, especially in interior. And their defensive backfield it, you know has a few injuries as well. But with the 49ers, it has to be a pride thing right now because the the 49ers won't go out and say this publicly, but you know they better than LA. The 49ers think that they're the more physical team and they can beat up the Rams in the trenches and just beat up them all over the field. And the only the only game where I cannot say that, and I wrote this in my piece um after the game. That the only game that the Rams were not uh, beat physically was the game that they won. The only time <laughs> that I could, it wasn't just noticeable on the field that the Rams weren't just out physical was the game that they won in the playoffs, NFC Championship game. All the other games, it was so apparent watching and being there that the 49ers just beat them up in the trenches. They were the more physical team throughout all four quarters. And the Rams, yes, they like to be finesse. They like to be flashy. But against the San Francisco 49ers, you have to put a hat on the hat and take it to them because they are not going anywhere, especially when they play the Rams. They get up for the Rams. I don't know. Jimmy Garoppolo looks like the second coming of uh, Joe Montana and Steve Young when he plays the Rams. I, I have no idea why. (laughs) <laughs> but he always has one of the one of his best games against the Rams. Against every other team, he looks like Jimmy G. And the base better than LA. <laughs> against the Rams, he throws these crazy passes. They don't they get, look like near picks, but they don't, and they go for 50 plus yards to Debo Samuels down the field. It's just uh crazy. But the 49ers they get up for the Rams,
0: certainly. And I think with Jimmy Garoppolo being there and returning to his starting spot. I mean, this is a team that went to the NFC title game last year, so mm-hmm. I think the the Forty Nine ers are a team to be reckoned with. They have everything kind of returning back for them. Rebo Samuel is still who he is. Brandon Yuk is playing well as well. Um, you know, they don't have Elijah Mitchell for a little bit, or is he out for the season? I'm not sure.
1: No, he's not out for the season. He he's out for a little while though. He's on so the
0: reserve. Reserve. So you got a running back coming back to the mix as well into that offense. I'm really excited to see what this 49ers team does because this was supposed to be Trey Lance's year and uh, Trey Lance is obviously out for the season. Jimmy Garoppolo knows that offense in and out. He's looking at Kyle Shanahan like, hey, man, you try to kick me out, but I'm still here. I'm still here. And I'm you still need me to win some games. And, uh, look, I'm, I'm excited to see what the 49ers do this year. I think they could really give it to the Rams, especially with how the Rams are doing so far this season.
1: And the NFC is wide open. We we realize that the Eagles are the only undefeated team in the NFL but the 49ers and Eagles, they have similar playing styles. The Eagles like to be physical, too. They have a dominant offensive line and defensive line. Jalen Hurts is playing excellent football. Um, but the 49ers, they have the formula to, you know, go deep in the playoffs as we've seen before. And the base better than L.A.'s. All
0: right, guys. Producer Emily's tending to some things, but she is here in spirit. She has one job and one job only, and that's to continue pushing Tyler Dragon's Buttons. Um, And I mean that in an actual literal way. We have a button of all of Tyler's favorite phrases. I'm going to pick the
1: Chiefs again.
0: And I'm sure you've heard plenty of them already during this podcast. Bruh, what? Especially talking about, you know, San Francisco and Los Angeles.
1: And the Bay's better than L.A.
0: That wasn't me, guys. The Bay is better than L.A. always, Tyler. The Bay is always better than L.A. I do like San Francisco.
1: Can y'all calm down?
0: Um, Let's get into some picks right here. All right, let's start off on Thursday Night Football. We got the Colts visiting the Denver Broncos. All right. Um, Indy took a loss against Tennessee, but they got their first one of them season of the season, excuse me, against Kansas City two weeks ago. While the Broncos are also two and two. They won two in a row before losing to the Raiders last week. Broncos, Colts, Thursday night football. Tyler, tell me who you got, man.
1: This is a hard game because Jonathan Taylor, but I'm going to ride with the Colts. They don't instill any confidence in me, but because the Broncos, I mean, they're dealing with their own injuries as well, mm-hmm. and they lost their starting running back for the entire season. But I got the Colts winning this game.
0: Yes, Javante Williams is out for the entire season. Jonathan Taylor dealing with an ankle injury, not practicing during walkthrough week for the Colts um, because he's injured. I'm going to take the Broncos this week, Tyler, and also I'm going to take Russell Wilson over Matt Ryan from what I've seen so far this season. <laughs> I mean, Russell Wilson hasn't looked great either. He hasn't looked like Matt Ryan, though, so I'm going to take the Broncos. <laughs> Let's go over to game number two. This one's a doozy, Tyler. This one's going to be a doozy. Are you going to be at this game? Uh, Eagles at the Cardinals. we got the Philadelphia Eagles, Jalen Hurts, and company. They are 4-0, and okay? They are 4-0, and the only undefeated team in the NFL, looking to take it 5-0 and against Kyler Murray and the Arizona Cardinals, who I believe are 2-2. and 1-2, 2-2. And two, two and two? They just got a win over the Car- uh, two Carolina two, Panthers yeah. last week. Two so, 2-2 two two and two and Cardinals yeah. hosting the 4-0 Eagles. Tyler, tell me what you like. You riding with Jalen Hurst and the Hot Hand Eagles there?
1: The Cardinals have lost seven straight home games dating back what? To last season. Seven straight home games. Wow. The Eagles are going to improve to 5-0, and the Cardinals are going to lose their eighth straight home game.
0: Wow. <laughs> yes. I had no idea about that stat, man. I had no idea. I wish I would have known that before I made my picks uh, mm-hmm. earlier this week. I'm Go still hey, going to take Cardinals. the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Cardinals in this one, Tyler, and not just because you told me to. But, look, uh, Philly's schedule has kind of been soft to this point. Uh, they got some good wins. You know, beat the Saints, beat the um, beat the Vikings, beat the Jaguars last week, got a win over the Lions. Um, I think the Cardinals team, you know, even though uh, they haven't played a quarterback like Kyler Murray yet, and even though the Cardinals don't have DeAndre Hopkins, um, they're making do with what they can do with Zach Ertz, who might have a big game. Um, you know, Hollywood Brown is doing well for them. Uh, Greg Dortch did well for them as well. They just got Rondo Moore back. Um, I'd like to see if it, I'll take the Eagles for real if they win this game and go to 5-0. and But I'm taking the Cardinals. Eagle streak is going to lose. The uh, home streak for the Cardinals is going to end as well, Tyler.
1: I think you're only picking the Cardinals uh, because you want Jalen Hurts to be have a worse career than Tua.
0: Oh, no, <laughs> because don't you're a, you're you're a,
1: you're a Tua fan, and I think you just want Tua to be recognized universally that he's better than Jalen Hurts. Listen,
0: I think that's at the end of, at the end of day, Tua <laughs> is already the number one seed in the AFC right now. You know, so we'll we'll just let it sit there as it is. I do really want Jalen Hurts to succeed, though. I think he's a great young quarterback and. He's everything that you kind of want in a QB, a guy who's going to work hard, take advantage of his opportunity, command an offense. And, man, I'd love to see when he dips that shoulder and runs too, man. He's hes a good player. Okay. okay. Let's get into our third game. Tyler here. Uh, Producer Emily hit the buttons. We got the Rams coming off their win over – excuse me, coming off their loss. Their loss to the San Francisco 49ers. In the
1: base better than that way. What was that
0: again? In the base better than that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's still you, Tyler. That is still you. No, it's not. We got the Rams going to Dallas to play the Dallas Cowboys. Matt Stafford had a rough outing against the Rams, threw a pick six late in that game. Uh, Cooper Cup is eating everything, and that's come his way. But Cooper Rush and the Cowboys defense will have something to say in this game. Tyler, who are you taking in this one?
1: Cooper Rush is getting a lot of praise, but that Cowboys defense is playing one of one of like the best defenses on the football. Like I said, they lead the NFL in uh, quarterback pressures, second the league in sacks. Um, the Rams, 30th of r- rushing. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna pick the Rams, but can I can I change my pick maybe around Friday or Saturday because I might have to change my pick. But I'm gonna pick the Rams because I gotta still represent LA, and LA is better than the Bay. I want Emily to. With that. <laughs> not happening. I'm, a, I'm going it's to pick happening. the Rams to win NLA over the Cowboys. There are gonna be a lot of Cowboys fans at SoFi Stadium on Sunday.
0: Oh, sorry. Oh, okay, so the the game is in uh Los Angeles. My bad. I have that wrong for us on the podcast here. There's um look, I'm gonna take the i am I'm gonna take the Rams as well on this one. I think Cooper Rush's luck is gonna run out at some point here. Um and it might be because of Aaron Donald. Uh, we'll see how that defense holds up against the Cowboys. We'll also see how the Rams holds up against the, def- the, the Cowboys defense as well. Uh, they looked really bad last week against 49ers. Um, we'll see if the Cowboys will stay disciplined enough. We'll see if Michael Parsons can get home enough. And we'll see if Trayvon Davis comes up with a pick or not uh, here in this game. All right, Tyler, pick number four. Uh, I love this game. I love this matchup. I can't wait to watch this on Sunday night. Your favorite division of football, the AFC North. Or maybe it's your second favorite now since the AFC West turned up with all these players. But uh, we got the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals kicking off Sunday Night Football. That game is in Baltimore at 8.20 p.m. Sunday night. Tyler, who are you taking, Bengals or Ravens?
1: So remember how I said the Cardinals have lost seven straight home games in a row? Uh The Ravens have lost five home games uh, in a row. Five? Five home games in a row. And – They clearly have a huge problem with Jamar Chase. Jamar Chase had 15 receptions and over 300 receiving yards in two games versus Baltimore last year. But I do think the Ravens, they're going to have team meetings probably this week. I think they're going to have a better game and be motivated to play well in front of a national audience. I have them beating the Bengals after they were swept by the Bengals last season, have Baltimore winning.
0: Wow. What a pick, Tyler. What a pick. Look, I think for me, Lamar's looked great, but the rest of the Ravens haven't. They haven't looked good against the Bills. They didn't look good against the Dolphins either. Um, these te- This team is collapsing late. Uh, we saw Marcus Peters going off on the sideline there. Um, they need a big win. They could use a big win. But I don't think it's coming uh, against the Bengals this week. I think Joe Burrow and, and Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, I don't even think they hit their third gear yet this season. Um, they're gonna. They, I don't think they will hit it again this this week in, in this game, but they're gonna make the game winning plays they need to beat the beat the uh, Ravens. I'm taking Cincinnati in this one. Producer Emily's gonna like this one uh, so far, but I feel I have a feeling we're gonna pick the same game here, Tyler. Let's go to Monday Night Football. Uh, the Las Vegas Raiders are visiting Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Uh, Travis Kelsey called Patrick Mahomes Houdini, Houdini of of our time here for the dominating beatdown that they gave Tom Brady and the Bucs last week. Uh, Who are you taking, Raiders or the Chiefs in this one?
1: I know the Eagles are undefeated, but the Chiefs are the best team in the NFL right now.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm picking the Chiefs again.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We already have that sound.
0: We already have that sound, Tyler.
1: I, I gave it to producer Emily again. I got the Kansas City Chiefs beating the Raiders and the Raiders, man. They're not a good football team. I know they got all this hype. I don't care if they won. I know they got all this hype <laughs> leading up to the season. Devonte Adams, Derek Carr, Fresno State Man. connection, Chandler Jones teaming up with Max Crosby. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, nah. they're they're uh, they'll probably finish third in the AFC West. But I'm picking the Chiefs this week, like I third do behind, almost every week.
0: Third behind your Chargers and Chiefs. Which one you had? That Chiefs, Chargers, or Chargers Chiefs? You still got that Chargers? Uh... <sighs> First I'm AFC probably. West. I remember you picked that, Tyler. Don't think I forgot.
1: The Chargers have been decimated by injuries. I'm, I'm going to have them finishing second, giving them a wild card
0: spot. Uh,
1: but they they do make the playoffs. I do have the Chiefs winning the AFC West though. Wow,
0: now, okay. So let's let's uh, let's let's compartmentalize this for a little bit. I got the Chiefs beating the Raiders. I think um, Matt Crosby uh, is going to you know raise raise a little concern there for Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs on on offense, but. Um Mahomes was playing lights out the other night man. I think he really really slammed the door shut there on on what Tom Brady and the Bucks are doing. Um excuse me just Tom you know I think Patrick Mahomes really slammed the door shut on Tom Brady's reign as the best quarterback uh, in the NFL, right? I think Patrick Mahomes said it's my title, it's mine to own. Um I'm going to be the best QB in the league and I showed it by beating on the Bucks last week. I think he still stay, stays in rhythm against the Raiders here and Man, we're going to have some really good football coming up later this this uh, month and later on the season. We got Mahomes Josh Allen, we got Josh Allen versus uh Aaron Rodgers. You know, Lamar's going to face all these guys as well at some point again. Um I'm really excited to see how the season's going to unfold, man. We've got off to a great start in the first month and I'm excited to see how the rest goes, Tyler.
1: Yeah, this has been a really good season to start thus far, and I'm excited about all these uh, quarterbacks, specifically how Lamar Jackson has played this season. He's at the forefront of the MVP conversation. And if I'm the Ravens, I'm running down to him and I'm giving him a blank check right now. <laughs> I'm giving him a blank right check now. right now. And then, you know, I'm really interested to see how the Chargers, the Rams do, uh, and I am want to see how the Cardinals... If they can turn their season around, I mean, the last two Super Bowl winners, they won in their own home stadium. Cardinals don't look like they're anywhere near a Super Bowl contender right now. So we shall see. But, yeah, you're right. This season has been excellent to start.
0: Awesome, Tyler. Listen, let's wrap it up here. on It's a football podcast. I want to thank everybody for listening and tuning in with us for another edition. Uh, If you guys haven't already, download the USA Today Sports Plus app. It's in your Apple Store. It's in your Google Play Guys, this is an exclusive sports-only app brought to you by USA Today. You guys can pick your favorite teams to follow, get all the news and updates from everybody in our USA Today network uh, here on this app delivered right to you on your phone at all times. All right. Thanks for listening to another edition of It's a Football Podcast. I'm Saif That's Tyler Dragon. And we'll catch you guys next week.
1: It's a football podcast. Find it now on the USA Today Sports Plus app, where the biggest fans fan harder.